0: Fill your book. You know what I mean? You got to fill your book. It's all about the chapters. I know Jesse Hitscher talks about, you know, your life resume. For me, it's always been fill your, your, your book. At the end of the day, man, how many chapters you have in your life, because that's all you're left with when it's all said and done, and you're up there, God willing, in your 80s and 90s, all you have are stories. How big is your book?
1: So the big question is this. How do regular dads like us, who weren't given a playbook on parenting, who only have 24 hours in a day to make it all happen, how do we provide for our families in a way that will allow us to raise happy, successful children and have a thriving marriage while still being a man and doing the things we love? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is Rad Dad Secrets. Right, welcome back to Rad Dad Secrets. Now, we have a very special guest with us today. He is not only a friend of mine, but maybe a little bit more important than that. He is the first lightweight champion of the UFC. We have Jens Pulver with us today, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited to, to dig a little deeper into Jens' fatherhood. We're, we're going to kind of push away the MMA aspect of this, maybe with a little bit of it, but we, we want to talk to Jens today about being a father. Jens. We always like to ask our dads when they come on
0: their favorite quote.
1: Do you have a quote for us?
0: Do as I say, not as I do. Because I'm still always, I'm always learning. <laughs> it's probably been my yeah. number one, literally.
1: Do as I say, not as I do. All right. Very uh-huh. good. Now, Jens, give us give us a brief but detailed history on deciding to become a dad. Like what
0: what, what made you decide to become a dad? Well, I have a different situation never easy uh, when my daughter was born she madeline she's 16 it was during my wilder times so i didn't um you know what i mean so i've been she's all. she lived in arizona for a long time so we've kind of just had a, a, a like a long distance relationship um and then i was married i uh, met my wife almost 12 years ago been married 10 my son And Hayden are born, and so they've been with me pretty much from the word go. So it's kind of, I've got the two different worlds, you know what I mean? And it's how to be this, you're you're this long distance dad in one scenario, and then you're right there every day. You know what I mean? You're seeing your kids every single day in in the other one. So it's, you know I mean? I could get into a, a whole story about, you know, the two. And so it's kind of where you want to take it.
1: I, I think this is really uh, kind of important because this, this whole podcast was kind of designed and in this this idea that we had was to to interview as many dads as possible, to to get as many backgrounds as possible. So what you're saying could touch the people. And so I guess it's 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 wherever you want to go with it. Do you wanna get into some detail on on I, on going down one road or the other? Road? So it's it's up to you.
2: I think, I think I'd like to hear a little bit, a little bit of a story uh, about the the long being the long distance father, you know, and I, I say we touch a little bit on, on both of the experiences here. Cause I think we're going to be able to draw a lot of dads going through the same exact thing. You, you know, you, we're, we're not alone in fatherhood and we're not alone. And you know, the long distance father, there's a ton of guys that are, that are doing that the best they can. And then, you know, you said you're there every day for your other two. And so I, I think, Diving a little bit
0: into both of those would be fantastic. My, this is a trip, man. I haven't really ever talked about it too much, but and you know, and I love Madeline. She just actually, she just left. She was here visiting, and she's back home. I think one of the biggest things at the time too was, um, it was tough because you know, like it was when I was I was young and. Again, she's 16 years old so you know 16 17 years ago i was just starting in the fighting career i was just getting in there and you know and they had their own like what they were doing we were never together or anything like that you know um so my child only you know maddie only knew us as what do you say separate or whatever you know i mean we were never like married or had you know anything like that um So we always lived like that. And it was just one of those things where, you know, I had my times to visit and stuff like that. And it was really hard, I think, in the beginning because I never understood, I didn't know what to really do other than just try to be a supporter, always be there. But I know, you know, when she was younger, I always waited for her to get to that age where we could start having the communications together. You know what I mean? And I always went mm-hmm. in it so we could start speaking and, and, you know, more one-on-one and have conversations and whatever she wanted to do, you know. Um, but I know – I think the biggest thing is later on in life when, you know, I was married and I had – you know, my and my two babies were born – I always wanted her to feel like she was still a part of the family. I never wanted to think that she wasn't part of the family. But at the same token, again, you know, we had tough times where, you know, you look on the internet, and it's like, well, how come we don't see any pictures of? It's because I can't tell the cameraman, or you know, when we're doing the documentary or something like that, or the interviews, like, wait, let me go try to get her to fly up from Arizona before we film this or something. You know what I mean? So it was always trying to, just trying to make sure that she knew that even though she's not there every day, she's still in our hearts every day. You know what I mean? And I think that's, was such a tough, um, I think that was tough, like in one way, but hopefully, you know, we can develop, a, we've always had a, a real good relationship, friendship, so to speak. You know what I mean? I've always been there, whatever she needed. I mean, I'm, I'm there to talk to her all the time and I, you know, that's, it's definitely different. There is, there is 100%, there is nothing, when I remember when my son was born, and, you know, there's something to the fact that seeing them every day, it's a night and day difference. I don't care what anybody says, I don't, I just, there's just no, there's no difference, you know what I mean? And it's not that, it's how do you not, it's not so much loving them more, but they're there every day, you know them. You know, it's like every time Maddie comes to visit, it's just learning how to get to know her. You know, I mean, I'm spending time getting to know her as opposed to the two that I see every single day. And that's something, you know, that's one message that I would always tell anybody when it comes to, you know, like the single dad, single moms, the single parents and stuff like that. Hey, my hat's off to you for doing that. And there's some people like I did, you know, my mom should have been a single mom. I wish my dad he had a hard time, but he stuck around and he beat the shit out of us for doing it. You know what I mean? And we paid for it for a long time before he found he could deal with it, you know what I mean? So sometimes you almost wish you had an absent father or mother if they're gonna, it just depends on how they handle things. I always wanted to keep it to the point that, you know, there's no point in faking this. There's no point in, you know, it's like you just kind of winging it. How do you do it? It's like, well, I always wanted, you know, I've always wanted to know that she's there. She's in my mind. There's anything I can do, I'll do. And then, you know, at the same token, when my babies are there, you know, it's like, look, whenever you want to come hang out, they're here too, you know. But there's definitely something when you wake up every day with them day in and day out, man, you know what I'm saying? It's that's big. Makes a difference. Without a doubt,
2: God, you you said a whole bunch of stuff that just it had me smiling over here and had me just like,
0: man, that's that's crazy. And
2: the 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 introspection on everything that you just said, it's Madeline, right, the one down in yep, Arizona. Yep, Maddie. So she's sixteen now. Yeah, being away. I mean, it, there's your, there's the obvious challenge of not being around them on a daily basis. So there's that challenge. How, I mean, being sixteen, my my oldest is fourteen. It's a boy too, so it's it's different there as well. But you know as a teenager you start running into different issues like it's it's harder for me to connect with my 14 year old boy than it was when he was 10 years old so having that long distance relationship I know she was just out visiting you what do you feel like has been your biggest aha moment or the thing that's helped you and Maddie the most to have a good relationship to to work on that relationship and and uh I love that you said like we're we're just, we're, we're on the fly as yeah. fathers. Like, we're, we're going, we're making this up as we're going along. And we are, we're learning all along the way. But what, what have you found to, to be the best for, for you and her and your relationship?
0: Just like communication, literally, you know. And it's just, you know, like if you have questions, ask me. If you ever want anything, ask me. But I think one of the things, too, is, you know, it's hard to, she never knew any difference. We were always two separate people you know, what I mean, her mom and I, so there was never any, it wasn't, again, I don't know what that would be like to be in a, in a marriage for seven or eight years and then to have the separation. I could, you know, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't, I I couldn't imagine that. So it's, we've only known it one way.
2: That That is the normal for you guys, right?
0: And yeah, this has been the norm. It's just been, you know, I mean, communication and, and seeing each other, you know, on, you know, one or two times a year or you know i mean because it's always i'm just glad like her mom they had things to do she had you know a a life to live and goals and things that she wanted to do and i've always gotten that i'm like of course i mean what am i gonna do i want her right but that's not the best the best situation is you know what what's going to make her mom happy and what are they going to be able to do as a family and that was and i supported it 100 percent it's just to let them know it's just to let her know along the way though because i'm not calling every day and i'm not there Every day, it's like when she does call, you know, giving that re- that reassurance. Of course, I love you. And then when you see when you quote unquote meet this new family, of course we talked about you. You know, what I mean, of course there's pictures of you in on the wall. And but again, my wife and every, She was four, so since you know, what I mean, my right. this fam, My wife and kids have known her since she was four years old. So it's been it's pretty much she's been a part of our lives. You know what I mean? And then she just yeah. comes to visit. But I think the biggest thing is is nowadays especially is man these two love her they they love her and it's trying to get her to understand you know i think it's a tough situation like man you got a little brother and sister that that think the world of you and so you have you know it's kind of like you have a little bit of a situation you know it's it'd be cool to talk to her on it like you know how does that feel It's, it's not like you're visiting your cousins i mean but It is in the aspect, you know how, like, you go visit your cousins for a couple of weeks, like, oh, my goodness, you do the big hugs, and then you're gone, right? But these two little ones, they love her. I mean, they cry. My my little one, Hayden, just, I mean, she hates not, again, she knows about her big sister. And Carson knows, you know, I mean, they've known her since, literally, they were born. So... You know, it's like, I guess that's one of the biggest things we're learning now as she came to visit for the summer, which is, you know, is I'm like, you know, it's one thing to visit your cousins and stuff like that. But I mean, this is your brother and sister, but right, I don't. Right. But at the same, yeah, but at the same token, you don't want to force that. I'm not trying to force that anybody. So I guess we just try to make it as comfortable as possible for all the people involved. And I think that's cool because, you know, it just goes to show that everybody cares everybody and yeah. when you're so you're trying to like we can sit here and pull the hood over part of my part of my french but we can pull the wool yeah. over our eyes and act like and, and fake something but that's i mean i can't do that and you know kids they definitely can't do it so it's, i mean it is what it is yeah, i mean the, the communication
2: just like you're saying you have is, to have to be it. to be open like that is so critical and it and it, it's very easy to hide that communication but to keep it open and and props to you for, for being there for her and, and you know, fill, filling your your part as the father, you know, doing doing your part and caring, letting them know you're there, you care. I think that's awesome. I think that's one of the biggest parts about being a father. So, so Eric,
1: moving. Sorry, can I, can yeah, I go ask a question? Yeah, jump in. So you you talked about your dad, Jens, and, and how he was not, let's just say, the best role model. How did you turn out the way you are with the example that you had?
0: I made promises. I promised myself, you know, and it's, and again, now this is where I bring it, especially when it comes to my son, Carson, and where it's important when you have the, you know, my wife, and you're married, and the family, and they're there every day, man, I made, I made promises to myself, I remember, man, getting beat up, you know, and and getting spanked real bad, having my mom, you know, crying, and we're crying, my dad doing what he does, you know what I mean, and stuff like that, and it's just, you know, I remember, I always said it, one day when I'm a dad, I'll never treat my son like that. I'll never treat, you know what I mean? I'll never treat my son like that. And so, I mean, it's I, I wanted to relate to that, that's where it's a real special bond with me and Carson is, especially, is because I used to make those promises to myself, you know what I mean, 16 years old, 15 years old, growing up, when I'm a dad, I'll never do this, I'll take my son fishing, we'll play video games together, we're going to do, you know what I mean, we're going to have this, we're going to do this, and so that, and then on one day, bam, you know what I mean, there's Carson, and on a daily, and that's what I'm saying is, I mean, again, I love my girls 100%, But it's tough when like i you know i remember when when maddie was first born and i was hanging out with her for a couple days and really just like oh my god it's so cool and then boom hop got to give her back to her mom and and it hurt and it's like man it's stung you know i mean i'm like well i'm not i can't keep doing that so then you kind of starting to harden up a little bit and then it just becomes visits and there's a tough there's a fine line when it comes to that, you know, it's tough to to get that to get that to have that kind of bond. But at the same token, to always have that bond ripped from you when the visitation's over, and you know what I mean, and stuff like that. As opposed to when I see my babies every day, you know, then it's like prove it, you know. And it was especially with Carson again, is because you have your wife, and you always said you're going to be a better dad than what you had. Prove it. Here you go, you're gonna be a better husband than what you have. Prove it here you go. You know what I mean, and that's why when the old when my when I created my family, that was my goal. you know what I mean, of course, she's part of it, but when he was born, it's like one day, man, it's like they just said all those times you said, "Man, when I have my son, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this." Well, bam, there's Carson Jens pulver they prove it Pro- you know, and that's how I looked at it, so I've always tried to be better. Than what I had, one hundred percent, I keep it with me. You know. Yeah, my
1: hats off to you, man. To to break that cycle is is fantastic.
0: And that was it. I mean, that's, and that's where a lot of people, you know, in the fighting world, and it's tough because, you know, you can always can always look at things like, well, I had this happen in my fighting world. I had this happen in my fighting world. You know, I didn't. I went on a losing streak you know, at this time and stuff like that. And I remember my wife asked, it's like, well, how is it, you know, this is like everything that you wanted, your wife, your kids and everything. And you see, you know, some people when their son's born or their kid's born, they they turn into this great fighter. I was like, because I was done. I did everything I said I was going to do. And I became quote unquote famous so that I could make a documentary so I could punish this guy for doing what he did to me growing up. And that's, that led me to winning a world title that led me to be graduating college. That led me to winning two state titles in high school that kept me out of jail that, you know what I mean? That did, that led me, kept me from doing all these things because I said, one day I'm going to get famous. I'm going to tell everybody about you. And when that happened and I did that documentary, I did the ultimate fighter. And it's like, I just, I don't know how the way things aligned or whatever it is, bam, there's your wife, boom, there's your kids. I, the fighter was done in me. I'm ready to be a coach, but the fighter, because what scared me the most was I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to turn it on and turn it off. You know what I mean? Living that intense lifestyle, always training, always thinking about fighting, always wanting to, you know, get ready to punch the next dude in the face or that guy's going to punch and kick you or submit you in front of millions of people. And I was always afraid that, I don't know if I'm going to be able to turn it off. Look where I came from. You know what I mean? And so I just, I didn't want to be that intense anymore. I didn't want it anymore. And that's probably when I should have retired. I should have walked away from the sport, but it was all I knew. And so I spent the rest of my time trying to battle. Okay, well, how do I do it as the, as a happy guy? And it just was never in my, it just, I didn't know how to do it. And that's when the losing streak started. The losing streak started because I started winning in life literally i don't even know how to explain it but that's the first time anyone's ever really i've ever said it and there you go
1: that's that's incredible the way that you looked at that 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 blows me away
2: when you're faced with a trial and the direction you took that man was just the right direction and pretty it's crazy but cool that you know once once you started to really have that joy in life that's when the losing streak started which is just nuts but the the drive and everything that's Oh,
0: man well I, I remember the split like i said i remember the split between my middle brother and me and i stuck with wrestling and what it was was you know i seen the smile on my mom's face see i can't that's why i can't talk about my mom and my brother because i'll start crying but i'll try to get through a minute of it but i um i can see the smile on her face and i could see people walking up to going yo you know your your son your sons did great you know your kids are great and and give her that high five and you know the handshake and it was it was our release here man we were getting beat on during the week and having to deal with this angry guy called my dad but then we could go on the weekends we'd go out there and we'd wrestle and people walking up man your kids did great and we'd have a big smile on our faces and i could see the pride in her face and you know what i mean and so i was addicted to it i was addicted to i'm like you know I'm I'm a mama's boy, 100%. I'm a mama's boy. And I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to keep making her smile. And then my brother, he always sought after my dad's love, my dad's affection. And he followed him through the racetrack. And the problem was this guy couldn't get away from the drugs, couldn't get away from the alcohol long enough to give anybody any kind of love and respect. But my dad, my brother chased after him. And then, you know, he did a stint in a youth ranch when he was 16 to 18, then he did five and a half years, when he got after that, now he's serving 55 years, and, you know, the thing is, is he, uh he always wanted my dad's approval, always, I didn't give a, My my dad's a piece of shit, I don't care, I was a mama's boy, and I had a baby brother that I, that took after me, and we wrestled together, and we took care of each other, you know what I mean? And I seen the smiles. I seen the coaches coming in and helping out and being mentors to me and becoming a coach, you know, and raising me. And I'm like, I'm not even their kid, and these guys are treating me you know what I mean, like I'm theirs, and it, I thought it was the weirdest thing, Rick Maxson, I love that man to death, and you know what I mean, all my other coaches, but he would drive me around with his son, you know, Dennis, and we would go wrestle, and Abel would wrestle, and it was just, you know, I could see my other brother just that he was going through and so when i tell people wrestling saved my life it 1000 percent saved my life if it wasn't for that i know i'd be serving that 55 years in prison because i was pissed man i had a lot of issues you know i was angry but i was addicted to the wrestling i loved going out and winning i loved seeing my mom smile and anyway so that's i always carried that with me and i always you know later on in life i seen that difference and then i've the wrestling just rolled right in from wrestling right into fighting, and it was a no-brainer. And you know, again, that's what I was doing. I'm the, I'm there to try to make you know. And then I had Madeline and trying to be a, you know, try to work, understand her, and, and have a relationship with her. You know what I mean? Even though it's a long distance one, and it's tough because you know you tend to turn off if they're not like out of sight, not really out of sight, out of mind, but it is in your everyday yeah you know, I mean here I'm trying to conquer this world and become this world champion and do all this stuff, and it's just it's not the same when they're not in there they're not part of your everyday life. It makes it tough and then later on when my kids were born and they're everyday they're part of my life every day, you know it's like there's a huge difference I mean, it's just a night and day difference, but my whole goal was again, I always wanted to make my mom proud. And that's what I, when I went through sports and the fighting, and that's why when I had my son, my wife, and I was like, here it is. It's like fighting wasn't, fighting all did, it was all about getting to this point. And now it's like, here you go. You're married, you're, you know, with your kids and now go be what you said you were going to be. Try to be the best dad, you know, better dad than what you had. So it's just been one big learning lesson, you know.
2: That was awesome. That's exactly what we need to hear. And I mean, you're, we look at you, you're UFC champion. I mean, just ultra successful at everything you're doing. And yet you're looking at that as the fighting was basically a stepping stool to get you to that next point in your life, which is to have that family and become that dad that you promised yourself that you'd become.
0: Yep. I mean, I I made a promise. I made a promise to my mom, but I made a promise to myself a long time ago, you know, when that day comes and I went about it in a, in a, in a, in a weird way, you know, with Madeline and Ned having the family there, but it's all, it was all part of the process. And like I said, at the end of the day, I can't have, people ask all the time, well, if you could do this, what would you change? What would you do differently about your fighting career? Or what would you have done? I'm like, I can't do, I can't change anything because if, if any one change were to happen, I wouldn't be sitting here right here, right now doing this interview with, with the family that I had, you know what I mean? Anyone thinking of altered, if I would have went back and changed one fight on that outcome, anything different, you know what I mean? Who knows what could Did happen? You, hey Jen, A would you say effect. that about
1: your, your family life too? Like, would you, because that's one of the questions that we like to ask our fathers, is <clears> if you can go back in time, what would you
0: change and what would
1: you keep the same?
0: I don't know if I could change anything now because it's, 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 it's beautiful. And I mean that because I know Dustin's where he's at, but you know what? I talk to him all the time and you know, what I mean, and, and he knows I love him. And we, my brothers, we, I talked to my brothers all the time and we had one fight where we all got to be together. My sister's back, you know, with her family and she, I, I, I love my, man, she's, she's awesome. You know, I mean, and your kids and it's just, I don't know if I would change. I don't think I could change anything because any, like I said, any one thing, any one thing in my life if that i would have changed could have like you said the butter, the ripple could have changed something and i wouldn't be right here right now where i'm at and i don't i don't want that to go away i don't want that to disappear so that's what helps me a lot with quote unquote regrets and shit that i have done or things that i wish i could have done differently and stuff i have to, i have that that moment of you know what but the reality is if i would have changed any one thing you know what i mean I wouldn't be here right now, sitting where I'm at oh, right now.
2: Life's just one big learning process.
0: Well, you know, and it's crazy because I always tell the story. People always ask how I met my wife, and it's it's absolutely nuts. Two planes. One plane got canceled altogether, and then they flew me to Chicago. That plane got delayed for four hours, and then I finally, because I lost to BJ Penn in the rematch after the Ultimate Fighter, I decided I wanted to go to 145. They were going to bring me in, introduce me. You know, coming into the WEC, I missed two planes. I missed one plane. The other one was delayed. I showed up eight hours later than I was supposed to. And, and I landed at the Hard Rock. My wife was there with her friends. They were doing a bachelorette party for her one of her best friends. And they told them to take them to the Hard Rock restaurant. And the cabbie messed up and took them to the Hard Rock hotel and casino. No way. I'm not playing. So at that exact minute... When the cabbie, pardon my language, messed up and they got out of the cab and started walking through the lobby, I'm on two planes later, pissed off, cussing, flipping everything off. I'm eight hours late and I'm walking through the casino. And because her dad was a big fan of the Ultimate Fighter and she was a BJ Penn fan, but I won her her over (laughs) throughout throughout the season. Throughout the season, I started to win her over a little bit. She knew the Red Mohawk. And here I come, tromping through the marsh. She Goes, She goes, oh, I know, that's Chance Pulver. And everybody's like, what? And so, and all of a sudden, bam, hey. And I'm like, what are you doing? Hello, and hi. And so when people ask, you know, go back to now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, God willing, you know what I mean? Hey, how'd you meet your wife? I can hold up the picture and go, right here. This is the first five seconds I ever met her. If I would have beat BJ Penn the second time around, I wouldn't have dropped to 45. I wouldn't have been in a WC. I wouldn't have been on a plane that got delayed, and I wouldn't have been on a plane that got canceled, and I wouldn't have showed up eight hours later, and I wouldn't have been walking through that casino at that exact time if that cabbie wouldn't have screwed up and took them to the restaurant rather than the hotel that they was trying to, they was, you know, they was trying to get. To. I don't know. I can't explain it. Other everybody has their own divine intervention, whatever you want, you know, whatever it is. To anybody, the point is this: if I'd have changed any one thing in my life, then. And I hope, the reason why I say that to people is this. I hope it helps them. And I hope it helps them deal with regrets and and, and things that might be holding them back. Because, yeah, man, there's a couple of fights. I wish the baby Jesus uh, would have been differently. But at the same token, if any one of them would have been, I wouldn't be right here right now. And I'm pretty damn happy that, it, that I'm there. So hopefully it helps people when it comes to, you know, the regrets that they can look at and at least be like, you know, if all I got to do is this now. And it's like, but if any one big thing would have happened. So I say, you got to be careful. Careful what you wish and hope for. But I've always been like, you know, it is what it is. And I'm always thankful I'm awake. You know what I mean? I love where I'm at. I love what I'm doing. More money, it can happen. You know what I mean? More wins, it could happen. Having thousands of viewers, it can happen. I mean, but that's up to me to build, but up to this point in my life, I can't have that regret because if you have that regret, you're going to miss a lot of that. You're going to spend too much time regretting and a whole lot of missing, a whole lot of missing out on the shit that's right in front of you. And so that's the one thing I'm thankful I've always kept in the, in, you know, in the back of my, in the back of my head and in my heart was no matter what, and it, it helps with the pain. Or the, because sometimes, I mean, it is what it is. Sometimes you can always do the, I wish, I wish, I wish, you know. But it's like, it ends the wishing pretty quick. It's like, you know, yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty damn happy where things are. And so long before a lot of people have that issue where it takes something drastic to happen. And then they have a shit ton of regret. Well, I don't want to have those.
2: You know what I mean? All the hardest things in life. And then I look at my life and, and the hardest things that I've gone through in my life. Now looking back at it, I can exactly what you're saying. I am where I am right now because of that hard stuff that's happened for my life, and it gives me a great sense of gratitude for the crap that I've gone through. Yeah. And when you're going through it, you know, when you're losing that fight, I'm, I'm sure you're not sitting there going, "Oh, sure, I'm," you know, some good. Oh I'm, I'm yeah, hell no. Today, yeah, know? I'm not that. Yeah, I'm
0: not that person. Or yeah, <laughs> you know. It's, what?
2: But you get down the road a little ways, and you can look back. Man, and just your your outlook on life is fantastic. It's refreshing to be able to look back at at the mistakes that you make, and all that stuff will fade away, and be able to to understand that that's helped you become the man that you are today. And I love that you love where you're at today. I mean, you have to. sometimes to be it is yeah, absolutely, I mean, but you have to. You have, you have to, to. And, it, and it's it's all your attitude and, and your outlook and perspective.
0: And it it takes time. I mean, like I said, me and Maddie, we're gonna figure this out. But, you know, it's, it's tough, so, you know, saying the goodbyes and, and stuff like that because I'm, I'm horrible at goodbyes. I've always been one of those, I'll see you later, and we'll just leave it at that, and you go your way, I'll go my way, and we'll just, if we see each other again, we see each other again kind of thing. I don't, I've never, I'm not very good at that, you know what I'm saying, It because it hurts, and it's like, I. why do you want to keep carry that hurt with you, you know, and I learned that a long time ago, it's like, you know when you have to say goodbye, man, it, it just, it hurts, but you got to think about it. I'm glad that it hurt because I have this, or, I mean, it still to this day sucks to say goodbye to my mom and my baby brother and my sister, you know, when I go home to visit, but I'm glad I went to visit. Some people are so afraid of it that they're like, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to put my head in the sand and I'm just going to sit here. And I that way, yeah. hey, at least I never get hurt. But hey, What do you experience? And it's like every one of those fights. I'm scared to death of flying. I'm scared to death of traveling. You know what I mean? But I went out there to fight. And, you know, it's like when I'm speaking to people now, when I start speaking is fill your book. You know what I mean? You got to fill your book. It's all about the chapters. I know Jesse Hitzler talks about you know, your life resume. For me, it's always been fill your, your, your book. At the end of the day, man, how many chapters you have in your life because that's all you're left with. When it's all said and done and you're up there, God willing, in your 80s and 90s, all you have are stories. How big is your book? Is it one chapter and you're repeating yourself all the time? You're that grandpa. Yeah, grandpa, you told me that last time. Yeah, grandpa, you told me that. You. It's like grandpa's always saying the same thing. Yeah, you know, I mean or something but it's like go out there and fill your book Experience things trip fall get up move around But they're all stories and they're all lessons that You're gonna be able to pass on and the biggest thing I learned is this never close the door on the person You're gonna be in five years and I use five years because I think about when I was 18 years old And I I was in college and I'm like I was leaving. I was leaving to go to college. I'm like, mm. Those are my best friends, man. I didn't want life to change. I was a, you know, I was a two-time state champ. That was the best. Life. That was life. And I realized that that meant, I'm like, mm. I didn't want it to change. Five years, five and a half years later, I'm 23 years old. I'm in, I'm in Atlantic City and they're putting a, the UFC world title around my waist. And I remember looking down at my tattoo on my hand, that P and thought I called my idiot stamp. Cause I'm like, you know, what an idiot i thought back to that 18 year old kid i'm like what an idiot had no idea the things i was going to miss and so what i tell people all the time is this is you know when we're younger we have small worlds and the problems are huge i know a kid who killed himself in high school my cousin shot himself when he was 16 and i've always had that in the back of my mind i've always held on to that because i was 12 and he was 16 and i never understood i'm like and i remember thinking why weren't we important enough to stay, to live for? And and I seen what it did to his parents and I seen, you know what I mean? And I seen what, I, I, I can't even imagine the pain, you know what I mean? But even as a 12 year old and I seen how everybody blamed themselves and everybody asked the questions, why? Why weren't we worth it? Why wasn't I worth it? Or why weren't this? You know, I mean, what was so bad? And now that I'm older, what was so bad, 16-year-old kid, that you took your life? What was so bad, 18-year-old Jens, who didn't want to leave his house, who didn't want to go to college, who didn't want to end that world, that he didn't want to go and explore and find out? I am just thank God I never closed the door on the person I was going to become in five years because five years later, I became a world champion. And it's like, man, so now it's my turn to give back and pass on that knowledge to the people is, you know, never close the door on the person you're going to become. And that's the biggest message I'm forever going to be able to tell Maddie, Carson, and Hayden is never close the door on who you're going to be just keep moving forward even though right now you might be in the suck and right now somebody's saying some shit and it's really hurting your feelings don't close the door you know even my brother serving 55 years hey his door is slight it's slightly closed but it ain't all the way shut and he still has an opportunity and he still has his son who's out there smashing it in the modeling world he's a he's a phenomenal model you know what i mean and he's still that day a god willing he will be out and we will get to see him, but he still, we still get to talk to him and see him. But that's my number one message for anybody. You know, when you, they're, they're twofold. Go out there and fill your book and never close the door on the person you're going to be in five years. What seems like such an issue right now, I promise you in five years, will just be a blip. The more our worlds grow, the smaller the problems become. And that's the one thing that quote-unquote fame taught me was the more I met, the more I've done, the more I've been, those, what used to be big problems in such a little world are now just, I don't even remember them. You know what I mean? I don't even remember them. And that's why I'm saying is that's helped me because now I have, I smile and I'm happy and I, it's, and I'm a work in progress every day. Like anybody else and everybody else. Remember, the one thing here's the one thing about life and video games. I've always because I was a big World of Warcraft fan. I loved I love World of Warcraft, and I always took one thing and why I love about video games is and in life's the same thing, man. You are leveling up. You don't ever. You're always leveling. You're always leveling up. You're out there questing and checking things out, traveling, experiencing new lands. Lands. I'm always out there questing, and leveling up. You know what I mean, and that's and that's what I want my kids to understand, and that's why I'm such an advocate for gaming, and that's what as a father, I'm not perfect, and that's they're gonna know that, they know it now. When Maddie comes to visit, how? Wait, that's our model. <laughs> how's that? Yep, you know what I mean?
2: No, that, dude, that, that's that's fantastic, and, and Jens, I mean, dropped a whole ton. Of wisdom on us here and the the stories i mean i'm i'm like enthralled with these i'm, I'm with
0: you going through every you pulled me into it dang it i normally i don't let I mean, this thing go i keep it tucked but y'all oh, you man. brought it on let's marvelous.
1: go i've written down so many jen's pulver quotes that i'm i'm not gonna steal I'm you can confused, have but I'm gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna quote you but i've i've written down some things that i i just your optimism is it it astounds me and it's it's fantastic and uh, like uh, eric was saying i hope I hope the dads out there listen to this and just realize, look, you might be in a dark place, but I, I love that. Never close the door on who you can become in five years. That, that is awesome. And you, you live our, the, the rad dad motto. So we have this, this, this saying that you're rad by choice and not by chance, right? Um, this isn't, this isn't chance that you're a rad dad, right? Gents, this, this isn't chance you've chosen to be at this point and and you've chosen to be a a rad dad and it's it's phenomenal
0: trying to be the best that i can you know and it's again the promises i made to the 16 year old kid that i mean i swore you know and all the coaches and all the mentors and all the people that that took care of me and gave me um you know that gave me the guidance and you know it's and i just want them to be proud And that's the one thing I think why I loved wrestling and the coaches and why it's my turn to become a coach and my turn to become a mentor was, you know, I just, I loved getting their appreciation. You know what I mean? I don't know how to put that. I I loved when they would give me kind words or getting their respect. I loved when they gave gave me their respect and they said, look, man, you, you know, I'm proud of you for this. I'm proud of you for that. I was a, I was just a I was literally a pit bull my whole life. My job was to go up there, protect my mom, protect my brothers and my sister, and don't let anybody touch them. And now, as a fighter, and even to this day, I'm not. I'm still all. I'm still trying to find it, figure it all out. You know what I mean? I still have frustrations. But my number one goal in life. I'm. I'm not the smartest. I'm not. You know. I say that. I'm not the, uh, you know, I have, I'm a work in progress, but what I am is I'm that pit bull sleeping on the porch. And if you come after what I know and what I love, I'll, I'll ruin you, you know what I mean? And that's, and so then it's just learning how to, every day I just want to be better because I'm so afraid that my kids are going to be like, you know, I don't ever want them to say, to say or think about me the way that I think about my dad.
2: Being a protector, man, and that's that's exactly what you are. And you're at a point in your life which I think is so awesome that you're you're paying it forward. You're, you're going back, and you're gonna be that father figure for some other guys out there and, and and girls who don't have that father figure, and and for your own kids, which I think is fantastic. We appreciate the heck out of you, Sharon, and and getting raw with us too, and sharing sharing points of view. I mean, it's all about progress, not perfection. And and I I guarantee you, this is gonna. I mean you're being a coach here on the podcast right here. You're, you're helping, you're helping me. You're helping some other dads that are listening to this right now. And, uh, just want to remind all you dads out there, just like Jen's was saying, you got to level up, level up your fatherhood. Don't close that door on who you're going to become and uh, do everything you can for your kids. Be that pit bull for protecting your family. And, uh, Jens, we appreciate the heck out of you. And you. to all you rad dads out there, remember we are rad by choice, not by chance.
1: Thank you for listening to the Rad Dad Secrets Podcast. Subscribe now to never miss another episode or opportunity to become a better father, husband, and man. Also, be sure to join our Totally Rad Dads private Facebook group for constant support and tips on being the best dad possible. If you haven't yet, please leave us a review. It helps us immensely on iTunes. And remember, we are Rad Dads by choice, not by chance.